want a ham radio set. And now that I've got one, I'm going to listen in on distress signals and notify the authorities and prevent disasters <laughs> and noble things like that. Calling CQ. Calling CQ. Uh, uh, come in, please. FM WGXC Acre Hudson Catskill the station that everyone You can find out about so many local events, like the traditional Irish music session. Every Sunday, there's an open Irish music jam at the Shamrock House in East Durham from 2 to 5 p.m. Find out more on the WGXC community calendar online at WGXC.org and add your own event to the WGXC community calendar and have it read on the radio at 90.7 FM by going to WGXC.org and clicking on the community calendar. Wave Farm programs are made possible in part by the New York State Council on the Arts, with the support of the New York State Legislature, the National Endowment for the Arts, the Andy Warhol Foundation for the Visual Arts, the Greene County Legislature through the County Initiative Program, administered in Greene County by CREATE, the Alexander and Marjorie Hover Foundation, the T. Backer Fund, the Joseph Family Charitable Trust, and hundreds of other generous individual donors, including WGXC's sustaining supporters, who provide critical monthly support to Wave Farms radio station WGXC 90.7 FM. Thank you. WGXC is made possible in part by the generous ongoing support of Russell Miller of New York, New York. WGXC's sustaining supporters are among the station's most dedicated listeners. They care deeply about Creative Community Radio, and their investment helps to sustain WGXC as a public platform for information, experimentation, and engagement in Green and Columbia counties. Become a WGXC sustaining supporter today. Go to WGXC.org and click Donate. Thank you for your support. Welcome to Dim the Lights with Jenny and Amanda a twice-a-month show every second and fourth Tuesday of the month from 7 to 8 p.m., where Jenny and I talk about movies. Each episode, we pick a theme, and then we watch movies around that theme separately and then get on the air and talk about them. Hi, Jenny. Hi, Amanda. Before we get into tonight's theme, which is screwball comedies, we're going to tell you a little bit about what's playing in the theaters in our area. Uh, I can start with the Wyndham Theater in Wyndham, New York. We have playing A Man Called Otto, starring Tom Hanks, Avatar The Way of Water, and Megan. <laughs> to find out more, you can go to WyndhamTheater.com. That's W-I-N-D-H-A-M Theater.com. 
And now I will tell you about what's playing at the Crandall Theater over in Chatham. We also have Avatar, The Way of Water. Uh, We also have this weekend, She Said, Empire of Light, and March of the Penguins. And then coming up next weekend, we have The Whale, EO, The Fablemans, and Charlotte's Web. Uh, And you can find out more about those specific showtimes at CrandallTheater.org. Amazing. I'm going to tell you about what's playing at both of the Upstate Films locations. At the Upstate Films location, Star Cinema in Rhinebeck, we have Isle of Hope, Broker, Corsage, After Sun, and the Martha Mitchell Effect. In the Saugerties location, the Orpheum Theater, we have After Sun, A Man Called Otto, Paris, Texas, The Fablemans, Fire of Love with a post-screening Q&A, Avatar The Way of Water in digital 3D, (laughs) and Babylon. All right. And now I'm going to tell you what's playing at TSL in Hudson. Uh, We have, as always, it's quite a few things. So we've got Broker. Uh, We also have Friday the 13th, an intimate evening of short films featuring Maya Darren. Uh, as well as The Corsage, uh, The Eternal Daughter, which is Joanna Hogg's new movie, uh, All the Blue- all the Beauty and the Bloodshed, uh, EO, and lastly, uh, Cezanne, Portraits of a Life. And you can find out those specific showtimes at timeandspace.org. Amazing. Last but not least... I'm going to tell you about what's playing at the Spotlight Cinema in Hudson, where we're broadcasting from. That's the theater on Fairview Avenue. We have The Old Way, another Nicolas Cage picture mm. that I just all of a sudden popped up. Megan, The Fablemans, I Want to Dance with Somebody, which looks like a, a Whitney, Whitney biopic. biopic. <laughs> <laughs> Babylon, Violent Night, Avatar The Way of Water. And Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And so that is what's playing in the theaters around here. You can head to SpotlightCinemas.com to find out more about showtimes and tickets and all that. Uh, All right. Here Here we are. We're back again, baby. We're back again, baby. And Jenny and I have talked about ways to uh, experiment with our show. Um, Because why the heck not? And one of the ways is we talked about, usually we watch movies entirely separately around the theme that we choose, and then the only time we find out what the other watched is on the air, but this time we decided maybe we'll watch one movie that we both watch, and then the rest like usual. So we did that this time. Yeah. Um, Do you want to start with our shared movie? Is that what you're trying to say? I, is that I what you're know. trying to say to me? Dude, this is my first time, <laughs> my first time doing it our new way. Um, but I just wanted to explain to all our millions and millions of fans yeah. that it's a little different this time yeah. and not to be scared. Don't be. It's hard. Change is really scary. Um, we all struggle with it. Yeah. But it's okay. Yeah. Also, hey, let me just take this opportunity to say we have an Instagram where we post about the stuff that we're thinking about and our upcoming shows. And if you have any thoughts and feelings about, you know, if you like us, if you don't like us. You ways just, that we could change. Ways that we could change. Or if you're like, please don't, please don't change. 
Yeah. You could just DM us there and tell us that you like us. That's good too. Or exactly. you can also be like, you guys are dumb and I don't like the movies that you like. And yeah. then we'll send you back a mean emoji. I'll try to have a thick skin if you have <laughs> that to say. Um, and you can suggest themes uh, or movies once we announce our theme. Uh, and that's a Dim the Lights with Jenny and Amanda. Um, yeah, should we start with the movie we watched together? So yeah, why not? Well, okay. So first of all, I guess I just want to talk a little bit about what screwball comedies are. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it seems like most people did know what they were. And when we first chose this theme, I was like, oh, like airplane and hot shots, <laughs> like all those like wacky, absurd comedies. That is not what screwball <laughs> comedies are. Screwball comedies are in their heyday is like the 30s and 40s. Mm-hmm. And they're like role reversal romance yeah. stories basically yeah. where it's like a headstrong smart quirky lady and like kind of a fuddy-duddy dude yeah. <laughs> it's like it's very much a an early version of the romantic comedy mm-hmm. um with usually like really zany plots that kind of don't matter so that's something that i was thinking about a lot as i was yeah. watching movies for the show is like how am i going to summarize any of these because the plot simply is irrelevant and yeah. they're usually really complicated and like have a lot of farcical elements to them exactly um, and they're kind of just an avenue for two people to trade like barbs while falling in love with each other yeah with like this significant piece of it that is like an eschewing of gender roles in a way that's really interesting I really I had a good time I had a great time too and I usually I've said before on this show that I usually don't watch movies from before the 60s yeah (laughs) um so this was this was cool I I really enjoyed these movies that I watched and like the sense of humor is pretty timeless. Yeah, um, for sure. And pretty inoffensive too, yeah, at least totally. in the movies that I watch yeah. because it is just about these uh, characters that are not the stereotypes of usually a man and a woman falling in love yeah. in older movies. Um, so I had a great it's, time. I did too. I think also the other thing is that like a lot of the comedy relies on like both physical, like slapstick comedy yeah. and in, re- in relevance to the movie that we're going to talk about that we both watched, like Looney Tunes. Yeah. <laughs> like very like comedy, silly, like zany really feels like the word that I want to use oh, to describe so it. Um, <clears throat> and so our, our the movie that we both decided to watch yeah. uh, is What's Up Doc from 1970. I didn't write it down. <laughs> I did write it down. It's 1972. Nice. <laughs> um, and... Let me... Okay, so it stars the lovely, lovely Barbara Streisand and Ryan O'Neal. And uh, Ryan O'Neal and his his um, wife, who's... <laughs> Madeline Kahn. Madeline Kahn, <laughs> who is um, really tight, you know? Yes, yes. <laughs> um, they go to San Francisco for he's like a music researcher and they're trying to get a grant from this guy um and in the gift shop of the hotel that they're staying in uh Howard Bannister is the main character's name meets (laughs) the quirky and beautiful and alluring uh Barbara Streisand whose character's name is Judy Maxwell uh, that Wikipedia describes as charming trouble magnet, Judy <laughs> Maxwell, um, who immediately, it just seems that she decides that she's just going to pester this guy yeah. and just pretend they're dating. She's like, I'm just going to make, I'm just going to be a problem for him. Yeah. I'm just going to be a problem for him. Um, 
it's it seems to be a trend in these movies that they're uh, charming, funky girls who don't pay attention to traffic. Yeah. Is in my notes. <laughs> yeah, actually, you're really right. Yeah, that like, is the, yeah. the traffic thing is a as a problem. <laughs> yeah, like go- gorgeous gals who like you know maybe uh, get their money through duping people, uh, walking right into traffic, yeah. and everyone stopping because they don't want to hit a beautiful lady. Yeah, <laughs> um, but. Yeah, again, trying to describe the plot. So the part of the zaniness of this plot comes from multiple characters who have the same exact luggage. In And we see this all happen in the airport. One bag is filled with these rocks that our main character, Howard, is has as part of his music project. They're his, they're his music rocks. They're, his music igneous rocks. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> another... Uh, top secret government worker has the same bag full of top secret government papers. <laughs> uh, a wealthy socialite has a bag full of jewels and Judy's bag is just full of clothes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that is the, uh, the uh, zany undercurrent, which brings us to the pinnacle of the movie, which, you know, everyone's staying in the same hotel, chasing each other down to try to get, you know, their bags back, their bags back. Exactly. Uh, and it's just, yeah, it's like, it's wildly complicated and it's, it, there's no way to like keep track of which bag is where. And that's part of it is you're just like, you're along for this very silly Looney Tunes ride. Yeah. Um, and I just love there's <laughs> because Barbara Streisand is like this. She, her whole thing is that she, uh, her dad really wants her to get a college education. So she goes to like lots and lots of schools, but drops out after a year. Cause she's like kind of spacey and also keeps sleeping with people and getting kicked out. Yeah. Uh, and so she has a lot of information about a lot of really specific things. Yeah. Uh, but she's also like clearly very like wily and conniving. Like she is very much the bugs bunny of yeah. the movie. Yeah. Uh, and so she gate crashes the uh, music conference that Ryan O'Neill is, is trying to get a grant at Mm -hmm. uh, by pretending to be his wife. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then that creates this like part of their romantic tension is that they're both really attracted to each other. And she's just kind of trying to like seduce him away from his drip of a wife. (laughs) (laughs) And like, you know, it helps or doesn't help depending on whose perspective uh, that she's extremely charming, like totally posing as his wife charms, the guy he's trying to get the grant from and everybody else. Um, so, you know, that's uh, starts to bend, bend him toward her. <laughs> yeah, totally. And so they get caught up in this other like complicated plot. Um, I think related to the guy who has the top secret papers, I yeah, guess like yeah. it's so, it's so complex. It's it doesn't so matter. Confused. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. It's yeah. Like, there's a, a zany car chase through San Francisco. It's so fun. It's so, yeah, the entire thing is set in San Francisco, um, which is, like just such a great like cartoonish um setting yeah it's just really lovely silly silly streets streets. and so the the culmination of the movie after all of this like crazy like who are you what am i doing where is my bag what are you doing like just people like having silly scene after silly scene is this insane car chase uh, around the hills of San Francisco where they do the like actual Looney Tunes stuff of two guys moving a glass <laughs> window across yeah. the street while another guy's up on a really tall ladder and the cars keep zooming past and they like move the glass in time and they move the glass in time and then yeah. they don't move the glass in time <laughs> and it's just so good. Yeah, yeah, I really it's so like all of those classic jokes really hit in real life too yeah. with like this exceptional scene on like the crazy hills yeah it's just great 
that's a joy to watch. And Barbara Streisand is just so lovely. Um, she, it's just beautiful to see her on that screen. Um, she is absolutely so annoying and so charming. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's such it's such a weird. Um, like I was thinking about why in modern movies I hate like quippiness I find it so annoying mm. but in these like older rom-coms I'm finding it a lot more charming and I think a lot of it has to do with like it feels quippy in a like like a wordplay kind of way almost like yeah. everybody's making jokes also at each other's expenses like everybody's roasting each other all the time yeah. which I think is really funny it's so fun um and just doesn't it doesn't have that it feels much less empty than like modern like one quippy guy says yeah. like the dumb thing yeah. and it's just like it's so annoying it's true and so I actually have it's funny that you bring that up because I have written in my notes um, that is the late period or any period screwball comedy the origin of the manic pixie dream girl oh maybe because <laughs> of, like solely because of the relationship the romantic relationship in these movies where um it's kind of a dumb, dopey guy. Or not dumb. Like, the older ones, the guys are usually kind of an idiot. Yeah, real, um, real himbo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and then this later one, What's Up, Doc, being a, an example, a later example of a screwball comedy, it maybe changes that classic role reversal into less of, like, the dopey guy and the smart, quippy girl into... Um, a rigid guy who's like mm, a stranger mm -hmm. to joy right. and a, a girl like who, who's like fun spontaneous <laughs> yeah and like mixing it up and he has no choice because she's just gonna steamroll right into his life <laughs> right and he's gonna learn how to have fun yeah totally um so it feels like the later popular character yeah it's like <laughs> um, the manic pixie dream girl who has had this a similar role in those movies yeah of, totally uh, Th that's like the modern twisting of it in, in a like way that's like oh man yeah <laughs> look at what we had yeah exactly exactly <laughs> which like you're saying is the quote manic pixie dream girl is a lot harder to handle yeah now. For it's sure. really annoying yeah i also i was thinking about this a lot because the other two movies i watched are both from the 30s uh and it's like the just like thinking about the gender roles in these movies is really interesting because the screwball comedy is like in part um, characterized by having like women who are very much like have their own agency and are very much like in charge of what's going on around them. And mm -hmm. that's like, that, that's like kind of like radical, you know, yeah. like, you know, in a way that's really interesting. And the types of like romantic comedies that we have now that are like quoting screwball comedies are much more focused on like traditional gender roles in a way that's like, it's kind of crazy to like watch a movie from a, from the thirties where it's like, Oh my God, like this is, this is so much more progressive yeah. than what we have now. Right. Which is like, Isn't so, it funny? It's so how that funny seems to happen. All Isn't the time. it wild? How we live in like a very puritanical culture. Yeah. It's so weird how the arm just continuously swings back. It swings back and forth. It's just <laughs> wild. Yeah. It's totally true. Um, and I don't know if it's because, you know, we get used to one thing, like one change mm -hmm. and then, an audience craves a return to right like the whatever. backlash yeah, yeah exactly i don't know um but yeah it's just fascinating but i really liked it's what's up doc from what i understand and i did a very like <laughs> as longtime listeners of the show now we're not experts we're just a couple of dummies who have access to wikipedia just like everybody yeah else. exactly we're you know we we're both um 
busier than we'd like to be, which isn't <laughs> a really good excuse, but, um, in this new fresh year of 2023, maybe I will get better at doing more deep research. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, like it all depends on how interested we are in a movie. It's true. Like there isn't, um, and again, I can't, fully confidently say this but there's not too much to plumb in right. a movie like this it's true um, there's not like a lot to talk about other than like wasn't that fun <laughs> yeah yeah uh just now when i was looking it up i was looking at peter bogdanovich because i haven't seen a lot of his movies mm-hmm. like i've never seen paper moon yeah totally um but he plays uh or do you Tony... mean ryan, ryan o'neill no peter oh. bogdanovich oh. the director of, of paper what's moon. up Dog. yeah yeah um, no i know but yeah. yeah he was uh played Tony Soprano's therapist therapist in what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I could never in a million years have guessed what the end of this I know. was. I'm sorry, that's why I got confused. <laughs> I think it's another reason why the Sopranos is so great because it's it, it has a lot of um brings in a lot of actors from the entertainment industry like yeah. older Frankie Valley is in it. Oh, whoa. Yeah. Um and Dr. Melfi who's Tony Soprano's therapist is um What's her face? Who's his wife in Goodfellas? Anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sopranos tangent. Yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, but What's Up, Doc? Was a whole lot of fun. It was... Yeah. Yeah. I would say what I wish I had done mm-hmm. before we did this, which I did not find out until today. Um, there's this great podcast that we both like called You Must Remember This. Mm-hmm. And they... Karina Longworth, who does that podcast, did a season on Polly Platt, who was married to Peter Bogdanovich Mm. um, and was the art director for many films, including What's Up, Doc? And so if you have if you if you have some thoughts about or if you want to know more about like that era of filmmaking and Peter Bogdanovich and like 70s Hollywood, I would recommend getting into you must remember this because we're just here to chit chat (laughs) and laugh (laughs) and you know that would be fascinating too because that movie looks really good it does and thinking about a prop like that bag yeah totally after i watched it i went straight onto ebay to try to find a bag that looked just (laughs) like the like tartan yeah Yeah. exactly it's like a tartan weekender bag yeah it's so cute it's so cute much like just you know there's so many movies that have just one great prop that yeah, gets totally. a lot of attention and then I'm like well I, I want I would that like, I would like that prop yeah. I did the movie looks great I will say Barbara Streisand's funny big hat I really oh, could I not get into oh, I, know. Um, I just have to draw attention to her funny big hat yeah she has a funny big hat like the classic like what do you call it like a train conductor like a conductor hat which I 1000% I've shown you the picture oh yeah I've seen the picture of you in that big funny like hat 10 years old yeah. 11 years old I loved that big funny hat there was so an era much. of time where we really liked those hats again I also I didn't have one but I really wanted one <laughs> I know I love all the the dunks on the internet about that being like a lesbian hat oh yeah it absolutely is <laughs> especially like if you had this version. hat <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Yeah. Yep. If yeah. you had this hat, you something I want you to think about for a little bit. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a really fun one. I did. I'm glad that. So when we first picked this theme, I was because of like I mentioned earlier, I usually watch later period movies and I was trying to I found this big, long list of screwball comedies and um, was going to try to watch ones that were later but I felt like I had to get a better idea of what the true ones mm-hmm. were so yeah then mostly watched ones from the 30s and 40s yeah so fun yeah should um, I tell, uh, do you want to well, I was just it? gonna I was just gonna say if you want to watch it um it's streaming available for rent 
So I rented it on YouTube for like two bucks. I think there it's mostly two ninety nine pretty much everywhere. What's up, Doc? That is. Um, so yeah, that was. I really enjoyed it. I had a great time. Yeah, I was a silly too. flick. Um, should I tell you about yeah another movie? I want to know. I want to know. Okay, the first movie that I watched was a movie from nineteen forty one called The Lady Eve. Ooh, which was so so fun. Um, so. The Lady Eve stars Henry Fonda and Barbara Stanwyck. Yes. And so I think it's worth mentioning tonight that we picked this theme out long before Christmas. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. And then we it was Christmas, so we weren't on the air. And then I was sick, so we weren't on the air. So a lot of these we watched a while ago. They are not fresh like they usually are. So apologies, for any uh, <laughs> spaciness that's more than usual. <laughs> so this uh, movie begins on a steamboat where the uh, handsome idiot, Charles Pike, who's <laughs> the heir to a beer fortune, Pike Ale, uh, is on the steamboat with the gorgeous con artist and her con artist dad, Gene Harrington. Um, and they pick him as a mark. Um, there's like an opening scene in the dining hall and she is, ugh, she's so gorgeous and charming. She's a very, the perfect, like the ultimate screwball comedy woman, like smart as a whip, uh, out to steal some money from God. some, from some dopey dudes. I love Barbara Stanwyck. She's so hot. <laughs> I love yeah, her so she's much. Like, they're, they're the opening scene where they're, you know, basically like sizing up this Charles Pike as they're in the dining room of the steamboat and she's watching him in a makeup mirror and she's watching all of these other women trying to get his attention. So Charles Pike is a snake expert. He's just, <laughs> he's, he's just come from the Amazon yep. <laughs> studying snakes, um, which is part of the whole lady Eve mm -hmm. theme, of course. Um, and she's watching him in this makeup mirror and watching all of these women like drop something in front of his <laughs> table and, and lustily pick it up. Yes. And he's just not paying attention to a single one of them. And so as, as like he's leaving the dining hall or something, she like trips him. <laughs> she just, so good. <laughs> she really goes for it. And like, it breaks her shoe and she's like, well, you're going to have to come to my room and like help me pick out a new pair of shoes. Basically. <laughs> Um, and so this, this poor sucker, <laughs> he just has absolutely no chance. <laughs> um, and so they fought, they, she's duping him. Right. Um, and he, even before they're off the steamboat is like, I'm having a great time with your daughter, Colonel Harrington. <laughs> I'd like to ask for her hand. Um, and as it goes in a lot of plots, screwball comedy wise or other otherwise, um, she does actually end up falling in love with him, mm -hmm. but it's too late because he finds out from, he's got this kind of like guy that he, like a bodyguard yeah. basically who finds out that, um, she and her father are con artists. And so he finds out and, uh, rejects her. Um, and then, <laughs> Uh, she is really pissed that it didn't work out and that he turned her down and she re enters his life posing as 
Like he lives in some wealthy, wealthy neighborhood. He's back mm-hmm. at home with his rich family. And she poses as this British niece of a friend of the family. And this guy <laughs> falls in love with her again as, as another woman. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah, I'm trying to um, remember again exactly how it goes. Yeah, so she poses as the Lady Eve Sidwich. Um, and he is, of course... Like, wow, you really look like someone I knew. <laughs> but because he's a handsome, true idiot, <laughs> uh, he falls madly in love. Yes. Um, and his bodyguard's like, listen, man, are you kidding me? It's the same. It's the same girl. <laughs> That's still her. And he's like, no, no, no. There's just so, so many things that are different about her. <laughs> I wish I could remember all the details because that is a really a, an amazing running joke through all of it. And also just... Um, making a lot of these older ones do a lot of uh, jobs at the upper class. Yeah, totally. Because it's like post-depression yeah, era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they're like, p- rich people are rude and they're idiots. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they're just absolute um, rubes. <laughs> and so in order to further torture him, so he is like, marry me. And she's like, yes, of course. And then on their honeymoon, <laughs> they're on a train. And she's like, well, I, I guess I should probably tell you about this former lover. And he's like, oh, what? Uh, uh, okay, I guess that's fine. And then she just keeps going. She's like, oh, oh and, there, and also this, this guy, other guy too. And <laughs> so it's this long scene where she yes. keeps bringing them up. And then he eventually gets off the train. Um, and uh, there, it's, it's all hung at the end of the movie where she could get this huge divorce settlement because Charles wants a divorce. Um, and then, oh, God, I can't even remember how... Oh, (laughs) so Charles doesn't want to speak to the Lady Eve uh, and our Jean slash the Lady Eve is starting to kind of feel bad because she has her whole con worked out. She tortured this guy, but now she doesn't have him at all. Um, And so she returns to his house just as Jean and he's like, oh, my God, I've missed you. Oh, Oh my God. Incredible. (laughs) So good. Um, <laughs> You're nothing like that other woman. Yeah, that, you, you have no idea what happened to me. <laughs> so she she gets her handsome idiot back. Uh, it's great. It was such uh, a fun movie. It was yes. so so tight. You know? Yeah, totally. Uh, obviously, just like not only in the dialogue and yeah. the pace of it all, but just what a clean and perfect story. Yeah, oh, it was God, so fun. so good. <laughs> I love. It's just like it's so fun to watch these tropes that also like feel like we've seen them redone a million times now but never as good mm-hmm. <laughs> as they were done then and in such a like funny and just like exciting way like it's so nice I also have a just like an unconscious bias of like oh it's a movie that's in black and white yeah. and it's really old it's gonna be boring yeah but then you put it on and you're like I'm captivated I'm yeah. having a great time yeah like it's just it's so nice to watch these like little madcap comedies that have like genuine emotion to them too in a way where you're like yeah. I want them to get together it's yeah. fun and they're not long or at no. least not these ones no you know, no like no the little comedies are they're like an hour and a half yeah they're so easy it's great um I so there was a whole collection of screwball comedies on Criterion collection oh, nice. <laughs> so by the way that is one of the places where uh the Lady Eve is streaming and I'll pull up um other places that it is but so <laughs> some of the only quote-unquote 
research I did uh, is also in that collection was an, a little interview with Patton Oswalt oh about <laughs> screwball comedies. <laughs> Patton, what do you think about this? I know. Um, all right. So Lady Eve is also on Amazon nice. for purchase. Um, but Patton Oswalt was like talking about how, like I said earlier, um, these these OG screwball comedies are really, really making fun of the upper class. Yeah, because totally. Because of them coming fresh off the depression. Yeah. Like, most of them are from the 30s. Yeah, and, totally. Um, yeah. And having... Uh, yeah, jabbing at the wealthy and like these uh, workaholic slash um, just checked out wealthy people. Right. Because it's all there's so much of it. Also, I was thinking about this, um, at least one of the ones that I watched, which I will transition gently into talking about yeah, now. Yeah. I watched His Girl Friday, which I, I thought I had seen, but it turns out I've I had not seen, seen it. It's yeah. so good. Uh. Um, but that one is also about a woman in the workplace and it's like because it's from or that that's actually from 1940 but like a lot of these rom-coms are from like the mid to late 30s and mm -hmm. the 40s and it's like when like presumably women like wanted to work and have jobs but it was before World War II so they weren't they didn't have to yet and oh. people so it's like this kind of tension also of like trying to get into the workforce but also being pushed out of the workforce and like all of these things interacting in the same place which yeah. is kind of like what created this bubble of like class comedy and gender comedy and like all these different like role reversals uh, in a way that is just so interesting it's so interesting yeah. it's so fun i wish i could remember more of what Patton said <laughs> Patton, <laughs> tell us what you think which in my notes my phone auto corrected his name to patron so patron, patron oswald, oswald. Um, <laughs> so sorry so sorry patron um, yeah i highly recommend the lady eve yes it oh, was gotta watch it so so fun oh. um and yeah, I forgot that the the very last scene is actually back on a steamboat. Oh, nice. She finds out that he's taking a another trip on the steamboat. She's like, "Here we to be on it." <laughs> yes. I know. She is I feel like that's, so in control. That's also a trend of like the last scene being the first scene. Like it's like uh, nobody changes in these movies. They all end up in the same place that they started. Like yeah. the same as what's up, Doc. Like it's like they end up they're on the plane together going home. But it's yep. like it's just. Yeah, nobody has undergone anything. They've just had like a funny madcap adventure, and like maybe they have a boyfriend at the end. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and I found so this movie, and then another older one that I watched was, which was um, from thirty eight. Uh, yeah, have the women pretty much in control yeah. the entire time, Absolutely. and then there's usually one turning point moment where they feel that they're no longer in control mm -hmm. of the this man's feelings. Right, um, like they've been toying the whole time and then when they're no longer in control is that like tiny moment of character development yeah, totally. where they're like oh wait what have I done oh <laughs> maybe I uh, shouldn't have done that I, I guess. guess I do love you I guess I love you <laughs> oh my god so fun um, um tell me about another one you watched so His Girl Friday oh yeah Sorry. it's from 1940 um it's directed by Howard Hawks which I don't think I've seen any of his other movies I know he's another big name yeah I don't like even a know. big 40s name that I'm just like oh, one of these days I'll watch some of those movies one of these days. um but it stars Cary Grant and Rosalind Russell mm. and it is I believe it's the fastest talking movie ever made <gasps> the movie with the fastest talking I took oh. a screenshot um 
The average word per minute count of the film is 240, while the average American speech is around 140 words per minute. Oh my god! <laughs> Which I noticed immediately because I had to turn on the captions because I was like, they're talking so fast. I don't know what they're saying. Wow. It's too fast. But it's so, you get into the rhythm of it after the first like 15 minutes, but yeah. it really throws you in fast and you're like, oh god, oh god. Yeah. But that's like my understanding of screwball comedy is before I did any research was like, it's like rom-coms, but there's like fast-talking dames in them. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> Just fast-talking There's dame. like fast-talking dames. Yeah. I don't know. And like so many rapid jokes that you yes. all... They're so funny. <laughs> the jokes are so good. Like yeah. the wordplay is so, so good. And it's so fast that you're almost like... Wait, wait, wait. wait. Stop. <laughs> oh, <Come back>. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like it's like it's like trying to hold on to a, a rope that's like flying out of your hands. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so His Girl Friday, I'm just going to give you like a little bit of a plot summary because like all of these, it's like overly complicated. Um, but so Rosalind Russell plays a woman named Hildy Johnson, who is a journalist and she's the star journalist at this paper that's edited by Cary Grant, her boss, and also her ex-husband. Mm. <laughs> and so they used to be married. She's always worked for him. She's she's the best reporter at the paper. However, she's met a really boring insurance agent who's dumb as a stump. <laughs> She's like, I'm in love. I'm quitting the business. I'm out of here. I don't want to be a journalist anymore. I want to be a housewife in Albany. And Carrie Grant's yes. like, no, you don't. <laughs> and she's like, yes, I do. I'm out of here. Uh, and she like packs up all her stuff. And she like makes a last round around the newsroom being like, bye, everybody. Like, I'll never see you again. I'm going to be so happy. I'm done with the news business. It's terrible. And then, um, <laughs> A man who was meant to be a, a man who uh, has killed a policeman mm -hmm. accidentally uh, is is going to be hanged the next day. And so she's like, OK, fine. One last story. Oh, I'm going to go last job. Eh? I I'm, know that <laughs> exactly. She's like, all right, I'm going to go interview that guy and run it in the paper because it might save his life. But that's the only reason why I'm doing it. And also. Cary Grant, you need to take out some insurance with my husband because he gets a commission from it. And that way, that's the only way I'm going to do this is if, because she just, she's like, you got to bribe me or I'm not doing it. Um, but little does she know that the guy who's going to be killed the next day escapes from his cell because there's like this super complicated plot that doesn't matter where um, the mayor of the city and the sheriff are in cahoots to put this to basically like execute this guy in order to get votes to win the election mm. uh and the sheriff is an absolute clown idiot and gives the guy who is going to be killed who's convicted or who is um accused of killing a cop his gun to like reenact the scene <laughs> and he gets shot and then the guy escapes <laughs> and so hildy who is the who's the, rosalind russell's character um is in the newsroom as all of this is happening the escape is going on and, and everybody suddenly like uh, everybody in the press room like starts picking up phones and calling everybody and trying uh, to figure out what's going uh. on and all their conversations are overlapping and everybody's like writing up articles really really fast and like shouting into the phone to be like new line tear up that page i got a new story for you because <laughs> yes. they're all from competing newspapers but they're all they all work in the same press room right <laughs> <laughs> and so she's like pulled right back in she can't help herself uh, and everybody else leaves the newsroom and she's still in there packing up, trying to get ready. She's like, OK, I'm, I'm just following the story, but like, I'm really going to leave, I swear. 
and the guy the con- the guy who's con- I believe his name is Earl something Earl Williams maybe um, he walks in the window he's cl- he climbs in the window the escaped convict uh-huh. um, and he and he's very confused he doesn't know what's going on because it's it becomes very clear that like he did kill the policeman but he didn't know what he was doing yeah and, like and so. Hildy does actually want to help him, but she's like, wait, I got this guy that everybody's looking for. He just walked into the room. And so she like hides him in a desk (laughs) so that nobody else can find him. And while all of this is going on, her idiot husband or her fiance. So sorry. So sorry. Not yet. Not yet married. (laughs) Not yet married. Still time to stop that marriage. (laughs) He is, uh, his name is Bruce Baldwin. And he, they've been trying to get on the train to Albany all day. Like, like, when she first decides, like, okay, one last story before I go, he's like, oh, yeah, that's fine. Like, we'll just take the nine o'clock train instead of the seven o'clock train. And she's like, great. And then he comes up to this, to the, um, the newsroom and he's like, oh, are you ready to go? And she's like, I'm sorry, I'm not ready yet. And he's like, uh, okay, like, whatever. And she like sends him away. But then Carrie Grant like plants something on him so that he gets arrested. <laughs> like, it's just like this constant. This guy Bruce Baldwin gets arrested like four times through this movie yes, because Cary Grant just—it's really such a good joke. Like first he gets all of his stuff stolen, <laughs> and then he ends up in jail anyway. Oh, and then uh, Cary Grant has like his henchmen uh, uh, like plant something on him, so he gets kidnapped again or uh, arrested again. It just like keeps happening, and Hildy stops bailing him out because she's distracted by her job. She gets yeah. like re- she's so invested in this like incredible news story that she's going to write that's like she's uh, Gary Grant comes in and is like this is going to change everything there's going to be streets named after you and she's like Johnson Street <laughs> she's like psyched <laughs> and so it's just super complicated but not important and so she and Carrie Grant slowly fall back in love because they're like doing the story together and they get so excited and like caught up in it um And she obviously decides that she's not going to move to Albany and become a housewife because she's obsessed with her job. (laughs) She's so good at being a journalist. Uh, And it all, it becomes resolved because um, they're hiding Earl in the desk and everybody comes back into the room. um, And Bruce's, Bruce Baldwin's mom also ends up in the, (laughs) in there somehow because she was going to be traveling on the train with them. And she like saw Earl climb into the desk. Like she knows that he's in there. So she reveals him. Um, But then it turns out that the sheriff and the mayor uh, received a uh, stay of execution from the governor of New York, but like tried to bribe the guy who brought the stay of execution. But then he's also dumb. So he also walks in and tells everybody. So everyone almost gets arrested and then they all get released again. And it's the the execution is put off. It's not going to happen. Happy ending. Happy ending. Uh, and Hildy is like, okay, I, I am going to be a journalist with you. Uh, and it and it just ends with them walking away together and her carrying her own stuff because yeah. <laughs> like he will not carry her suitcase for her. Yeah, and it's just like so. It's just so fun. Oh, <laughs> it's man. so. It, it's just like it's just a crazy madcap. Like yeah, there's so many incredible lines in it that I just like. There's I I don't even know where to begin to tell you all of the comedic things in it. Uh. The only, actually the only one that I wrote down because just the delivery of it was incredible. (laughs) And my delivery is not going to be that good. I'm so ready. But, um, Cary Grant's, uh, henchman, who's this guy named Louie, who he's like hiring to frame Bruce to like get him arrested over and over again. (laughs) Uh, Cary Grant has him carry off, um, the mother, the Uh. mother-in-law, 
because she's like <laughs> interfering and so he like literally kidnaps her and drives her away <laughs> but while he's driving her away he accidentally crashes into a bunch of cops <laughs> And so then they both get arrested and he comes back to tell Cary Grant about it. And he says, can you imagine bumping into a load of cops? They come rolling out like oranges. <laughs> and something about his delivery of it is like the funniest thing I've ever heard. They come rolling out like oranges. <laughs> what? I don't, I don't know oh, why. These are so weird. They're so weird. It's just, oh, the other thing that's really insane is that there's this other subplot with like a woman who like is maybe in love with the convicted criminal, but it's really unclear. And like she, to distract from a situation, just randomly jumps out the window. She wow. just like jumps right out the yeah, window. Amazing. And everyone's like, oh my God, what just happened? <laughs> like, it's just, and she's fine, but it's just like absolute chaos in this newsroom oh my god uh, but i loved it it was it's great so good. i feel like that like is the ex- when when one is familiar with screwball comedies that's like the expected format or like right. these but because i'm new to it i'm like this is crazy, crazy. <laughs> this is crazy what are they doing <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah i had such a great time um it is streaming somewhere let me look it up uh, oh, it's streaming for free a couple of places, including Pluto, Tubi, um, and Amazon Prime. Nice. And so you can check that out if you are interested. It's so fast. It's an hour and 30 minutes and it flies by. Oh, I love it. It's just thrilling. Um, I The only other movie I watched was um, Bluebeard's Eighth Wife. Oh, my God. I saw that on a list and I was like, what happened yeah. to the first seven? I mean, I know yeah. what happened to the first seven. But. <laughs> um, it's from 1938. And let me pull up the cast here. Um, so it stars Claudette Colbert and Gary Cooper. Yes. Um, and it's a, it's, we open in the French Riviera and a guy is in a department store trying to buy uh, just a pajama top and the shop owner is like I can't sell you just the top they come as sets and this gorgeous woman is like I'll buy the bottoms um, oh my god <laughs> so that is how uh, Michael and Nicole meet um, and they as as in the Lady Eve where it takes like a single week for someone to be like let me marry you I'm in love with you <laughs> um, that's exactly what happens like she again super smart and forward and um, you know he gets intrigued right away because she's like oh uh, he he's like oh those pants are for your husband and she's like I don't have a husband Ooh. like um, they're for her dad yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we find out later <laughs> um, but. Uh, so he asked to marry her. She's like, yes, you're so sexy. Um, and then she gets really upset because she finds out. So he's very, very wealthy mm-hmm. as it goes in these. Um, she finds out that he's been married seven other times. And so. It's, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. It's like the day before the wedding. It's like very close to the wedding or something. It's like they're about to take like a big family portrait or something. Mm-hmm. And then she finds out. And she's like, well, I don't want to marry you now. You've been married seven times. It's clear in both the Lady Eve and, and this movie that they don't, nobody likes a slut in yeah, these yeah. <laughs> on either end. Yeah, uh, totally. It's very alarming to people when someone's been married before. Yeah. They're like, ooh, ooh. I don't know about that. <laughs> um, and he's like, 
Well, all of my other wives um, have signed a prenup for $50,000 a year for the rest of their lives. (laughs) And um, she still is like, well, I don't want to get married, but then convinces him. I think her dad is like, what are you doing? You should do it. And she convinces him to double it. Oh, nice. um, And then goes through with it. So then we get a time jump into they're married. They are clearly miserable, but both really stubborn. So he doesn't want to divorce her because he doesn't want to give her a hundred thousand dollars a year for the rest of of money (laughs) and she uh doesn't want to divorce him because she kind of wants to maintain his interest by like keeping this tension alive and you know they are both really bitter toward each other but she won't take any of his crap like she slaps him. He slaps her. He spanks her. She bites him. <laughs> it's, it's very fun. Um, and again, like it's been a while since I watched it because it's yeah. We, this is our lost episode, but they start basically trying to dupe each other. Mm-hmm. Like she is sending. He has a P, uh, a PI following her to see if she's like having affairs or something and she pretends to have an affair like starts sending anonymous letters saying that she's having an affair and then she tries to arrange it so that he comes home and finds her with like someone who isn't actually her lover but like she wants it to look like it and he thinks something like that is going to go down so he's like all right I'm leaving (laughs) (laughs) and so they just try to keep duping each other um, and eventually he has enough and he's like, all right, you can have your divorce. <laughs> fine, <laughs> oh, fine, fine. <laughs> okay. You can have your divorce. And then the end of the movie is he's had a mental breakdown. <laughs> oh my God. He is in an asylum. Uh, he's in a straight jacket cause he's recently seen her father come to the asylum because she's arranging for a visit. She's not allowed to see him cause, uh, she's the presumed reason for the breakdown. Right. Totally. Um, <laughs> But she does manage to make her way in there. And she's like, listen, now that I have money, I like, you know, that I really just want to be with you because I love you. It has nothing to do with the money. I do want to be with you. (laughs) Um, And then he goes into a rage and breaks out of his straight jacket and comes at her. But then they just have a good hug and a kiss. (laughs) And then the movie's over. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was wow. fun. It wasn't nearly as fun as the Lady Eve. Right. Um, but same, like, very fast paced. Yeah, totally. And fun humor, especially between she she's amazing. Like, yeah. um, and there's some really fun scenes in the, the meat of the movie where they're unhappily married. Um, some great back and forth. Dang. But yeah. Wow. It's a great title Bluebeard's for a movie. Wife. <laughs> I, know, I know, exactly. That is um streaming also on criterion collection wow yeah oh my gosh okay i have one more movie to tell you about yes, and i don't yes, have that yes. much to say which is great because we're almost at the end we're here almost at the end um the other movie that i watched is like edge case because it's a little bit early it's from 1933 so it's actually pre-code which was crazy oh. i haven't seen that many pre-code movies and like they were really doing it wild back I then i still have a lot to learn about what pre-code and post-code means it's basically like the I, haze code yeah the haze yeah. code i can only give you like the barest understanding of it because i too know very little but it's the basically in i want to say it was 1934 mm. 
or maybe 35, some in the mid 30s, um, there was this code written by a guy named Hayes. It's it's I think it's actually called like the Hollywood like something code. I don't know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that is essentially like all movies after that point had to f- fall under this like morality yeah. <laughs> uh, stricture mm-hmm. where um, it's certain- like pre ratings. Like, yes. Kind of yeah, like, yeah. 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 But it was also just like a, a backlash towards Hollywood being like very um, like liberal is not the word that I want to use, but like what some might consider amoral or mm-hmm. immoral, like mm-hmm. very much like after this point, um, it's, it's kind of a period between like the mid thirties and like the fifties. Cause it kind of started to waver in like the fifties and sixties. Mm-hmm. Um, where basically movies like couldn't depict certain things like specifically a lot of things to do with sexuality Mm -hmm. and like race Mm um and like gender too but like primarily like you could not (laughs) you could not show like women like having sex (laughs) and you could not show like interracial relationships like but very specific like this um uh like kind of christian morality that was like imposed over all of hollywood yeah it's like a really terrible definition no 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 no. that's basically my understanding but thank you for clearing that up for me and our listeners but yeah so there are movies like hollywood obviously existed before 1930 whatever i Mm -hmm. I almost want to say it was like 36 um and so when you watch movies that are pre-code not all of them but a lot of them have and this is also just in america to be Mm -hmm. clear um uh, this is like an, a Hollywood thing, not a not an international thing. Um, a lot of them have just like they, they're just a lot wilder than yeah, you would expect from a yeah. movie from the 30s because we all have that kind of not we all but like I do. We have yeah that idea, the idea of that like, like things were more laced, buttoned up. Yeah. yeah, totally, much more strict, much mm. less like like loosey goosey. Um, but so it's always I always find it really exciting when I watch a really old movie that is that feels really radical. Yeah, and so I watched this movie that is. I would say a screwball comedy, but like it's kind of on an, on the edge because it's a little bit pre rom com. Yeah. Um, but it's from 1933 called Design for Living, um, and I've heard of that. it's I really liked it. It was really fun. Um, it is basically about these three people who um, meet on a train. It's two men who are best friends, <laughs> and they're both like poor, starving artists. One's a painter and one's a playwright. Um, and on a train, they meet this like beautiful woman named Jelda, who um, is a commercial artist. She's very successful, and she's she's basically a sellout. Like mm. it's it takes place in like the 30s, I think. Well, maybe even earlier. Um, and they all live in Paris. And uh, the two men who are played by Frederick March and Gary Cooper live in this like terrible apartment. Um, that's just like so gross like they're absolutely starving artists (laughs) Um, but they're like wooing this woman that they met on the train who is this commercial artist and she comes to their apartment and they like start spending a lot of time together and they all fall in love and so she decides she basically dates both of them Uh, and it's very fun because they like they very explicitly talk about sleeping with each other like she says the word sex in it which is so crazy to hear in a movie from the 30s Um, but the screwballiness of it is that basically they the two men find out that they're both sleeping with her (laughs) and they're like hey what the heck I thought you were my best friend but then she like when they go to confront her she's like well but I'm in love with both of you why should I choose how could I choose between two different great hats this is delicious it's so delicious and so they decide they make a gentleman's agreement where (laughs) all three of them shake hands and she's like look 
I love I'm in love with both of you. Don't make me choose. But also I can make your careers a lot better because you're both really dumb. <laughs> and so she yes. decides to be both of their agents. But she's like, but none of us will sleep together at all. Right. We're not going to do it. And they all shake hands. But of course they do because yeah. they can't help it because they're in love with each other. Yeah. And so the rest of the movie is about them both like secretly on the side, like sleeping together again. And then. Um, them finding out and like having a big falling out again and then she like tries to marry the super straight laced dude who's also I think he might also be an insurance guy like another boring absolute drip. People have thought that's a a boring job forever. (laughs) Forever. (laughs) Um, Who's like super super wealthy uh, and then like it's it's obviously not working because she's still in love with her two boyfriends Um, but her new husband like the the, like culminating event that's like the most screwball-y part of it um, is she, he like throws a big party for all of his clients and they all come over and it's like very fancy. Everybody's in tuxedos and um, Jilda's two boyfriends, uh, the gay crash the party <laughs> <laughs> and like mess it all up. But like, there's like a lot of like um, sneaking into rooms and like hiding from each other. And it's like, it's so oh, fun. fun. It's so, so fun. And it ends in the same way where like, they're like a gentleman's agreement. We're back <laughs> at it again. But yes! like, they, like she divorces her husband and she decides to just like be with both of them. And it rules. I love Design for Living slaps. It's so fun. Wow, the title, too. Yeah. Like, with the plot. Yeah, totally. It's great. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, wow. That's, like, that's a very, like, basic summary. Like, it's a little... It's, like, all of these movies, it's a little more complicated, but it's less screwball-y, I think, because it's almost just, like, a straightforward rom-com that has, like, some screwball elements. Yeah. Because it's, like, a little bit earlier, but it still has that, like... It's definitely meant to be, like, kind of funny that it's, like, she's dating both of them. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? (laughs) But she, like... But in the same way as these other ones, like, she has the agency the entire time. Like, she's absolutely like, we're doing what I want. And they're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Which, again, like, what a, what a perfect tie-in to what we were saying earlier when we started talking about these movies is the way that uh, progression can really slingshot backwards. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like, yeah, that is amazing. And it's definitely not a character quality we associate with stories from that time. No. Um, and now we get... A lot of let's say mainstream comedy romantic comedies that have much more of the kind of relationship and gender roles that we expect from the, uh, like the 30s right totally <laughs> yeah like it's very it's a, it's just a really funny um flip back like when you see when you watch a movie like that and you're like oh my god like wow this is so much more progressive yeah. than, like than a modern love triangle which is so much more boring and like has no like the woman never has any agency no. and it's just like yeah but yeah design for living just delightful also all three of the main actors are amazing um uh jilda's played by miriam hopkins and she's so good and it's i haven't really seen gary cooper in anything because i know he's mostly known for westerns yeah um i always i mean i just think about putting on the ritz when i hear him because that's just like the world that i'm living in unfortunately uh, yep yeah <laughs> but uh but all three of them are amazing and it's just like everybody has inc- gorgeous gowns beautiful gowns <laughs> just Everybody's got great outfits. <laughs> and there's like so many great bits where like when she's in their disgusting apartment, they like sweep 
all of their horrible trash under one chair. But then when she goes to like sit down somewhere, they like pick up the chair and bring it to her so that she can sit down. And then yeah. like the trash pile <laughs> is just there in the middle of the room. It's like so it's so fun. Oh, God. It was I really enjoyed our romp into screwball comedy. Me it too. So it was delightful. And, wow. you know, what a journey for me who I entered it thinking it was going to be. <laughs> what is the name for the kind of comedy I'm thinking of? Like absurdist. Yeah. Like kind of spoofy. Comedy. Yeah. Like airplane is always yeah, exactly. like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, I'm so excited to watch Hot Shots. <laughs> yeah, like, like I mean, screwball feels like the right word, but it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not <laughs> something, at all. Something. Sillier. I was like, oh, Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's time for me to watch Porgies. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>